Hello everybody, you're listening to Rumors, Money, and Movies. As always, I'm your host, James Bastone. You can follow us at Letterboxd at J-A-B-N-Y-R-C or follow us on Twitter at RMM underscore 901. I had a couple bit of a gap here between these last couple episodes. We had that Oscars post-show episode, which was awesome. Then we had a couple bit of a gap before Bruce Nash. And then we have a bit of a gap for this episode. Truth be told, I somewhat lost track of time. I've been re- busy recently. A little bit of travel, a little bit of a lot of work, kind of thing. Different, different. A lot of things have been going on for me, and so frankly and seriously, I lost track of time a bit. I did not realize that the last episode was published four six. I thought it was published a little bit later than that. So my apologies for the inadequate release of this podcast, or just the late release of this podcast. To be fair, though, we're going to kind of continue this sort of a little bit pushback podcast release. I'm going to aim to have our next podcast release May. 15th just because I'm going to be graduating and it's going to be difficult for me to record a podcast and there's going to be a lot going on so there's been a lot for me going on recently I've been on set a lot as many of you know I've been traveling a lot as, as many of you know and I've been working a lot as many of you know so it's it's been just a difficult time to, re- to focus on the podcast when I'm on set for you know 10 hours 12 hours and then you know I'm going here and I'm going there and I'm seeing that person so going forward in the summer we're going to have a more consistent release schedule starting in May. I have about two interviews that I'm thinking about doing that are I was in contact with the interview subject. So it's going to be very interesting those interviews. And I'd say going forward, I'm going to try to get some even bigger and better interviews. One last thing though, sort of on the front of the future of the podcast. I'm committed to the podcast. The podcast isn't going anywhere. But what I will say is this. In the next couple episodes, I'm going to have a major announcement regarding the podcast about maybe a new show format and, and future goals for the show. So not this episode, you have to wait for that, but maybe next episode of the episode after that, I'll let everybody know. We're going to have a major, major, major announcement. A, a big change in the show. I think one of the biggest ones that I've done and just really sort of changing the way this podcast fully operates. But outside of that, again, I really hope you enjoy this interview with a professor and I really say a very intelligent man who focuses on heroism and villainism and literature and film. And I found his research to be very, very exciting. And I think he was a really interesting and great interview. So I hope you guys really enjoy. And as always, make sure to like, subscribe, follow. If you have any questions how to do that, let me know. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you may be listening. And again, guys, thank you so much for listening. And we're going to continue to try to do better and better. But again, I thank you guys for all your support. Always, never forget that. Bye. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rumors, Money, and Movies. I hope you enjoyed our episode with Bruce Nash a couple weeks ago. It was phenomenal to get him back on the show. That took a while. He's a really busy man. We're going to have a two-part episode today. And our first guest here is Professor Scott Allison at the University of Richmond. He is an author as well as speaker and professor at the school and he's joining us now hey james thanks for having me no problem so before we get started have you just introduce yourself who are you what do you do yeah yeah i'm a professor of psychology at the university of richmond and uh i teach and do research on uh, leadership heroism group dynamics and I kind of got into heroism by accident. I was always interested in morality, 
and cooperation and pro-social behavior, stuff like that. And then a, a dear friend of mine from Williams College came to the University of Richmond and he studied leadership. So this was kind of like the beginnings of Reese's peanut butter cups where I had the chocolate and he had the peanut butter and we put them together. It's like, wow, you study leadership. I study morality and, 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 and helping and pro-social pro stuff. It sounds to me like we're studying heroism and heroic leadership and what makes a hero and why we love heroes and why we're drawn to them and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was speaking at your LinkedIn, you're a California boy. I saw so do you yeah, sorry about that? Yeah. No, do you do you miss the weather? I mean, you're in Richmond, or is it okay? Oh my gosh, do I miss that's maybe the only thing I'm oh I know I miss the weather in the mountains, but um I, I like the East Coast. Cool. Yeah. So I ask everybody on the show when they come on two questions, and they're very important. One is what's your favorite movie? And the second one is what's your relationship with film? Whether that's wow, personal okay. or professional. Well, I like that favorite movie, and this is going to sound really sappy, but I'm kind of a sentimental, sappy guy, and I like comedies, and I like to think and to feel good at the end of a movie, so maybe you can guess what my favorite movie is, Groundhog Day, Bill Murray, 1993, sappy movie, you know, he's a complete and utter jerk, he has something bizarre happen to him, that's the magical element of that's in a lot of storytelling, and he's thrown in with this time loop. And the only way he can escape the time loop is to transform and evolve beyond his jerkhoodness into a good, decent human. And only then can he escape the trap he's in and live like a good, heroic life. And the movie's funny and it's kind of brilliant the way it's done. And the storytelling is good. And it's just a great movie about heroic transformation that to me is what movies are all about, what good storytelling is all about. Your second question was, what's my relationship to film? Is that it? Yes, whether that be personal or professional. Um, well, I love seeing movies. That's about it. You know, I'm, I study psychology and, and, and leadership and group dynamics, but I'm a film goer. I just sit in the movie theater eating popcorn like every other movie goer. And I love storytelling and I love the psychology of storytelling and why human beings are drawn to storytelling, what storytelling does for us and how important it is to our growth and development. It's really underestimated in terms of the impact a good story can have on what kind of human being we become. So as a fan of movies and also uh, a fan of the, the psychology of movies and storytelling. You just said how we're drawn to these things. How were you drawn into this whole, how does someone who, you know, how does like Scott Allison at like eight become an adult and is researching heroes all day and morality? I know that's a good question. Well, I think that, I mean, that's boy, that's really good. I'll have to get a little slightly personal here and that I had like many people kind of a rough childhood. And so I had a, like many people, a lot of shit to overcome. And I think that a good juicy hero's journey, good hero story in the movies or in plays or novels involves a hero having to overcome adversity and obstacles and be the underdog who triumphs over all of these challenges and struggles and, and somehow figures life out, sort of, um, coming from very humble origins. So I think 
in a sense, I kind of was an underdog, although I think millions and millions of people grow up under with difficult childhoods and weird, bizarre, dysfunctional families like I did. So I'm certainly not alone. Maybe that's why we're drawn to the struggle that's inherent in in movies and storytelling, that there is a struggle. There is a an, an incredible, what some people call it being in the belly of the whale or the dark night of the soul. The hero is hits rock bottom and his all is lost and at the desperation point. And, and in old television, that's when they break to a commercial, right? When the hero is about to die. And I think a lot of us reach that low point, but then you come out of the commercial break or you're at this particular part in the movie or the hero's journey where the hero through good mentoring and through struggle and growth and transformation is able to summon up the resources to become the person they were meant to be, to become their best selves, their most heroic selves. So I think I've always been drawn to movies where underdogs triumph and where people who are beaten and bruised and battered become their best selves, because I think that's what we're all kind of meant to do. And the movies show us how it's done. That's a good answer. And so you talked, you kind of hinted it there when you were explaining yourself, but you talk a lot about sort of there's like the hero's journey. And obviously that's big into your research, but you sort of have something, the four main functions of heroism as well. Do you just want to talk about sort of what makes a hero and how this is like, you know, you're not the only one doing research on this either. So, right, right. So there's a, just in the last like 12, 15 years, or even less than that, there's this whole science of heroism that didn't even exist. You know, we studied leadership and we studied morality and we studied courage and resilience and empathy and all these things that sort of dance around heroism. But no one studied heroism per se until about the year 2010. So it's a pretty new field. And and so what makes a hero, I think, well, Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, um, people who go on the journey of of self-discovery, who start out in the safe, familiar world and are hurled often involuntarily into that dangerous, unfamiliar world where they encounter villains and horrendous circumstances, pain and suffering, and have to find friends, companions, and allies to help them out of it. So the hero is the person who is willing and able to go on that journey. Keep in mind, keeping in mind that some people are unwilling and they get stuck. And so we know a lot of people in real life who never grow, never evolve, and they're stuck at a very infantile level of development some of them are leading our country or lead other countries and yet that's just the way it is a lot of us do progress and become humbled and allow ourselves to become humbled and grow so heroes what makes a hero is a hero is willing to go on the journey become humbled be willing and able to transform and become courageous or resourceful or resilient or um develop insights about who they are and how the world works. Um, and that allows them to complete their mission, whatever their mission in life is, whatever their calling in life is. That's what we're meant to do. And everyone's calling is different. So I really think what makes a hero is based on Joseph Campbell's model of the hero monomyth, the journey. And also what makes a hero is someone who is able to acquire certain experiences and attributes, some of which I mentioned, of course, um, the attribute of, of courage, resilience, empathy, compassion, wisdom, 
there's a lot of attributes that go into becoming a hero and, and a mentor and a role model and someone that society needs to help move us forward, not just individually, but heroes propel society forward as well. That's, that's true. I mean, you, your research also deals not only with, you do both heroes in the reality and also heroes in like fictional worlds. How would you say like, is it, are they intricately linked? Are they different? How do you go that, about that? That's a great question, James. People, people ask me that. And, and I think they're linked because we have to remember that when authors or screenwriter, movie screenwriters come up with a story they're coming up with a story, you know, it's, it's, is it art imitating life or is it life imitating art? And I think both are true. And so every hero we see up on the big screen in a movie is a representation of our deepest desires for what heroism should be or could be and reflects real world heroism and villains reflect real world villainy. Now, what we often get in fiction when there's a fictional hero they tend to be more extremely heroic than real world. Real world heroes tend to be a little messier, although now we, with, with anti-heroes like Deadpool and, and other anti-heroes, we get the messiness more than more in the last 10 years than we've ever seen before. But fictional heroes tend to be a little cleaner, a little more oversimplified versions of real heroes. And fictional villains tend to be a little more evil and a little more sterile and um homogeneous than real world villains um but there's they're definitely linked and there's huge overlap between a real real world hero and a real world or, or a fictional movie hero for for sure um they have a lot of the same attributes that's that's indisputable i read your article where you talked about how heroes and villains are very similar and you applied the hero's journey to villains gosh see you're asking good questions because this is the thing that surprised me because uh -huh. I, when I started studying heroism, I thought, oh, you've got the hero over here and then 180 degrees on the other side, opposite side, you've got the villain and they're opposites and they don't overlap. And what we found in our research is that no one wants to hear this, is that heroes and villains actually share more traits. They have more in common than they do not in common. And it's shocking and it's not something we want to hear because we'd like to think that a hero and a villain are opposites, but they're really two twigs on the same branch. And an example of that would be, think about, suppose you're in a bank while a bank is being robbed and you and the SWAT team's coming in and you're one of the hostages. If you're a hostage in the bank and the SWAT team's coming in, do you know who you want leading that SWAT team? A psychopath psychopaths who we typically think of as villains if it's a smart well-adjusted psychopath they found a way to use their psychopathic fearlessness and recklessness <laughs> and boldness to to do good in the world and so that's why psychopaths are often ceos of companies and presidents of the united states and heads of swat teams because they're the ones who are able to stay calm and cool under pressure and they can get the dirty work done without their blood pressure or their pulse rate rising at all. <laughs> and that's the person you want leading the SWAT team to save your sorry ass during a bank robbery hostage situation. 
you want a psychopath because psychopaths have incredible courage and boldness and inhibition and calm and coolness under pressure. So that's an example of how heroes and villains are often indistinguishable. And we know from the research that heroes and villains are both smart and they're both resilient and they both have charisma and they both inspire followers and they can both be very strong. Um, there's all these things they do that that heroes and villains have in common. So I guess it shouldn't be surprising. It kind of caught me by surprise. But when you think about it, it kind of makes sense that the good guys and the bad guys kind of are alike. So you talk about your research. How many do you explain sort of the research? What goes into like, what do you actually do as a part of your research? Or like, what's the process of reaching a conclusion through your research? Wow, that's a, that's a really good question too, because some researchers collect data and they actually bring participants into the lab. And I've done a little of this where you bring like introductory psychology students into the lab and you give them surveys and questionnaires and have them make choices and stuff. I've done some of that to, to get a sense of what the heroic traits are. And we have from that research, we've got a list of the grade eight traits of heroes, the grade eight traits we asked people to generate traits of heroes and we got 500 traits and we used multivariate statistical analyses to break them down into eight, grade eight, we call them the grade eight categories, like smart, strong, resilient, charismatic, reliable, caring, selflessness, and I'm skipping one or two, but but that's how we do research, but have people uh, respond to scenarios or respond to open-ended questions and then we just do data analysis. My favorite way to study heroes though is to just observe and make and just do some theorizing based on integrating previous theories of leadership, previous theories of cooperation and morality, previous theories of all these these phenomena that are related to her heroism, phenomena like courage, resilience, empathy, etc. So I tend to do more theoretical work, right? Integrate theories, but there are a lot of people. Um, researchers who do collect data and with with questionnaires and surveys or observational data. Wow. That sounds complicated. It's fun though. And it's, it really isn't that complicated. It's just fun to discover stuff about heroism. That's sometimes counterintuitive. Like you mentioned heroes and villains having more in common than we, when we realize, and mm -hmm. I love discovering counterintuitive things. Mm-hmm. You're also a best-selling author, correct? I saw on your uh, website. Self-proclaimed best-selling author. Um, yeah, well, we have a new book come out. It, it briefly becomes number one. There's a little spike at the beginning, and then it, within a week, we're number 450,000. But but yeah, briefly, we can be best-sellers. Yeah, how do you talk about that? I see your book here, The Real Heroes. Just talk about... That book, what went into the process of that? All right. So it's co-authored with Greg Smith. And James, you should interview Greg Smith, my co-author on these movie hero books. We've got two movie hero books. And the, the, the second one I especially like because it talks about all the different types of heroes that are out there. You know, like there are single individual heroes. There are dyads, like buddy hero stories. Um, or romantic hero rom-coms. And then there are a group ensemble heroes like the Fantastic Four or Ocean's Eleven. 
And then all the different ways that these different kinds of heroes go on the journey of transformation. And we talk about um, different types of ways that heroes transform in that book. Like heroes can transform uh, intellectually or morally. Like in Groundhog Day, Bill Murray becomes go, becomes a, a really very virtuous person. That's a moral transformation. And then there's a, an emotional transformation, an intellectual transformation. There's all these different kinds of transformations that hero story that heroes undergo during their journey. And so, yeah, I recommend Greg Smith. The guy is brilliant, and he'll he'd be a great great guest for you in terms of talking about movies and why we're drawn to movies and what makes a good movie screenplay and what doesn't. It's good yeah, stuff. Keep that in mind. So as we start to wrap up here, I just want to say, what are your favorite heroes, either in real life and art, the, the people who really inspire you? Well, thanks for asking that. Um, I grew up in Pittsburgh before we moved to California at the age of, I was eight years old. We moved from Pittsburgh to Los Angeles, a little, little <laughs> culture shock there. But I was a Pittsburgh Pirate fan, and I'm old enough to remember Roberto Clemente, who was their Hall of Fame right fielder, who was not only a great baseball player, but more importantly, he was a philanthropist, a humanitarian, and he died at the age of 38 while he was still playing. He died in a plane crash. He arranged for uh, relief supplies to be sent from his home country of Puerto Rico to uh, Managua, Nicaragua, where there was a horrendous earthquake, terrible humanitarian crisis. And he arranged for relief supplies to be sent on the plane. The planes weren't getting there with supplies. Someone was pirating them. So he said, I'm going on the next plane to make sure it gets there. And he got on the plane that was overloaded, overweight. And the plane, when right after it took off from Puerto Rico, it crashed into the Caribbean Sea. And he died a hero's death. I mean, talk about making the ultimate sacrifice to save people, to help people. So this really tugs at my heartstrings. When someone not only is great, has great ability, athletic ability. I mean, really, who cares who hits home runs and who doesn't? That's not important. But I was a little kid and I did care about that. And then he dies trying to help people. It's very powerful to me when people make like 9-11, when the firefighter, the EMT workers were going up the trade center while everyone else was fleeing for their lives. They were going up to help people and the towers come down. People who sacrifice their lives to help others those are the greatest heroes and those are my greatest heroes uh, did that answer your question no, I'm perfect. To... okay that was awesome yeah so I'm, i mean i don't really have anything else for you it just sort of this is my time now to i always give guests a chance to say whatever they want about any this is like full reign you can talk about anything plug whatever you want but plug any of your socials whatever you want to do yeah, I don't need to plug anything, um, although I am on Facebook and there's a million Scott Allisons, so you've got to find the right one from Richmond. But I do want to urge your readers and urge ourselves, you and me both, to think about the movies and what they're telling us about life and the human condition and our own personal lives. I tell my students, I told my daughter this too, that we think we're going to the movies. We think we're watching a movie on Netflix because we want to be entertained. And that is part of the answer. That is tr partially true. But I think we, we, we should all sort of kind of develop a self-awareness 
about other reasons why we're drawn to movies and good storytelling in the movies. And it's not just to be entertained. Movies are there to call us to go on the same journey that these heroes are going on. I'm convinced that movies have three purposes. The entertainment value is one. The um, There's educational value. Movies impart wisdom about our own human journeys and how we can become like Harry Potter, how we can become as good and smart as Luke Skywalker or Katniss Everdeen. So there's an educational component and there's also the inspirational component. The movies are telling us, get off our lazy, sorry asses and go on this journey and, and do the work, do whatever it takes to become your best self. Cause that's what we're watching movies for. We're seeing uh, an ordinary person become extraordinary by the end of the film. And, and so I tell people, don't just be entertained. Think about what this movie's telling you about your life, about humanity, and about what it takes to become our best, most heroic selves. Awesome. Yes, we love to hear that. Go watch movies, cool. guys. Nice. Yeah, so thanks so much, uh, Professor Allison. Really enjoyed this interview. Really enjoyed your time. Really enjoyed giving your time. And if anybody's listening to this and goes to Richmond, take one of his classes. I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, that's very kind. Thanks, James. Great talking to you. And keep up the good work. I enjoy your, your podcast. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye.